Hi, this is Thomas with Believe in the Run. And this is Robbie with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Believe in the Run. And you're listening to The Drop Podcast, our weekly podcast about all things running. And I got to tell you, this week, guys, there's a lot of stuff going on with running oh, with yeah. the Olympics and stuff, but I'm kind of feeling the blues after grit. I kind of have like post-event laundry, whatever they call it, after after an event. You look like that Michael Sarah gif where he's walking around his head down like Charlie Brown. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> So the energy level for me today might be a little lower. Uh, just it's fine. Step it up for thirty all right, minutes. All right, I Holy got it. crap! I'll, do it. I'll pick up the pace here. All right. So anyway, Robbie, kick it. Boom! Olympic week. There's a lot to talk about. We could probably fill up the whole podcast just with that. I know it's so exciting. Yeah. Probably nobody even cares about our careers. We're like, yeah, we're I ran an eight hundred in about <laughs> five minutes. No big deal. But how far can you hammer throw? Hmm. Uh, it depends if I hit my thumb with it while I'm trying to nail something in. You know, it's the greatest thing about watching the Olympics. <laughs> like track is all about running and I haven't a uh, disc thrown. I've never javelin tossed or hammer thrown or uh, pole vaulted. Yeah. Like there's so many things in running I haven't done. We should probably get into that stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I will say this cause I'd like to bring this up every once in a while. My father did, my grandfather had the world record for the pole vault in like 1930 odd. Really? Yeah. Well, why did you never get into pole vaulting? Uh, he, we were estranged from him. So <laughs> All right. <laughs> we kept so he's a douche. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, he actually was. Like, well, okay. That's another story. But. Yeah. You don't need to get into family genealogy. Yeah. Um, I wish we were sponsored by Ancestry.com. We could have really rolled that in today. <laughs> that would have been perfect. <laughs> Find out that your grandfather was a pole vault champ. <laughs> You should uh, do their ads. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so it was back to uh, sports and running. Do we want to talk about our weeks? I don't know. We're kind of in a down week. Grid ended. We're just I actually, chilling. Uh, this morning, I, t- I took a day off, which felt really nice. Um, well, I guess Grit did end this past week, so we can yeah, talk about that. But the best part was I, I got, when I was having my breakfast, watching a little bit, of, I was watching the 200 meter finals for the men. And Megan pops in with a giant smile on her face. And mm-hmm. I said, how was your workout today? And I mean, it's insane. This woman is crushing it. Like her, how many miles was it today that you ran? 12 and a half. And what was your average pace? 637. And that's that's with her like job. I did a workout, so job. I had 1Ks and then a three-mile segment. Wow. That's insane. And I mean... Talk, let's talk about the weather right now. It's freaking amazing. That's I definitely part of it. I always tell people August is not that bad of a month in, in Baltimore. I don't know. I think I think this is like a fluke like yeah. tease, and then it's going to get hot. But again. It might get hot, but July is always worse than August. True. All said, it's been an actually pretty mild summer, so we're, we've been True. pretty lucky. Yeah. Um, but that's amazing. I will tell you, I was going to head out the door, and then the steeple final came on. Oh. So I watched that right before I left, and I was like all jacked up, jacked up because nice. USA got silver. Did you hurdle over any like dog I leashes? I did I decided not to do that. What did we, we actually were listening to something one time, and the guy said, watching other people run can improve your running just because your mind, like when people are running, you start, your brains start putting it together. Well, you remember when you watched Karate Kid when you were a kid and then you started doing awesome karate moves all around the living room. Actually, <laughs> I got really good at, at waxing cars after that. Yeah, see? <laughs> and that's how you ended up here. Yeah, um, washing cars. 
But yeah, that, it feels like that's uh, totally legit. I mean, we should probably watch the, some Elliot Kipchoge stuff before all our marathons. You do that, don't you? We sometimes do. Like, uh, um, I forget what it was. Megan and I were getting ready for a marathon, and uh, we put on. Oh, you did the um, like the Breaking Two documentary, didn't you? We we watched that the night before, but I think one time we were watching. We were at a race. I think it was maybe Steamtown, and it was live. Like oh. the marathon was on when we were up getting ready at like five in the morning. Yeah, that'll work. Cool. Up. Yeah. But definitely my favorite one to get me jacked up was the 2016 women's uh, marathon. Or I guess they were all running it in L.A. at the same time. But yeah. it was the one where uh, Shalane and... That hot day. Yeah, and uh, Amy Craig and, and uh, Des Linden. And it was just such a such a killer performance by all of them. And just like gut-wrenching like to see the finish. Like you knew Shalane was just hanging on by a hair. So watch that one next time. Yeah, Des um, running by her. Robbie, we need to hear about your <laughs> end to grit. Yeah, so uh, I think I I prefaced it last week. Yeah, and I did my I did my twenty two mile ish route from here to Ellicott City, which is like so, so it's a point to point, of course. And <laughs> but like it, people don't know, like Maryland, it's not like a it's not like a Oklahoma state or one of the square states, and like we have this big bay. So to get from point to point is not yeah, a there's, straight line. There's a beltway. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah, it's really weird. And so the thing is, I ran this section in South Baltimore because I like to go on Google Maps and just like find trails that aren't really trails like that people run on. I'm like, I think you can run on that. And then I find it and see if you can. So I did this section before and I did run on it, um, like a loop on it. And I did have to get in the, stream a couple times and got lost many times but i knew i had a little bit of familiarity it's one part so then i was trying to see how i could connect that on both ends to you know for this route so i found same thing looked on google maps found some like eh, questionable stuff like what's weird is that strava let me like build that route through some of the paths that definitely aren't paths but i, I wonder if it's because they're just traversed a lot but they're like the one path was like in the back corner of these projects and like it was it was kind of shady because there were the weeds were up to your shoulders <laughs> and what was weird is like 6 30 in the morning and there was like four we passed like four people on that path it's were like they also 50 yards on running no okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh and anyways, so were they alive is a question. <laughs> they were. I was a little nervous about like this route findings. It was prime dumping territory. And anyways, so got through that, found a, ran through a nice park and things were going pretty swimmingly, like had some we were getting some miles in on some kind of like fire road that um, runs along these power lines. And then there's this one part that like Strava let me map out, it's on Google Maps, it says there's a trail there. And I even had like the route downloaded to my watch. So, and I'm like, it says we're on path. By we, the way, that's the most exciting thing about this entire yeah. story is that you told me that your watch, like I've never used the directions on the watch. And you yeah. said not only they work, they worked really well. Is um, it basically like having ways on your wrist? Kind of, it's so Garmin is the only watch company that has actual maps because they sure, have maps. Yeah. So, um, so like Coros and Polar and all those other ones, they don't, they just have like a line that shows you where you are. Nice thing about the Coros one is that you can like zoom in on where you are and zoom out. And, um, 
and it's like very accurate but it, and then if you deviate off course it shows like a dotted line that shows like you're off the path so i'm following it tell you where to go <laughs> yeah like it's like it's like point two it'll reroute you it's like deviated point okay. two and then you can just like walk back the way you came um and so i'm, I'm following the line and there is a trail and then it's like mm. it's just like again like shoulder length grasses uh this crazy ass shoulder weed. length or, or shoulder, shoulder length shoulder height <laughs> yeah, shoulder length hair because that's not that long he's <laughs> ready to party um and and these weeds called i think japanese hops because ben had like a plant identifier with him and uh <laughs> of course one of nerds <laughs> we're following our gps and we've got a plant identifier <laughs> we're very hardcore and these the japanese hops had tiny needles all over them and just ripping my legs apart. like i mean you can see look it's still like Ugh. yeah ripped up nice how long did you run through those well, so we were running through them for a while, and I was like, this can't be right. So I was like, we have to go under this bridge. So then we're like climbing up on this bridge, which is this major like artery. And I'm like climbing along the side of the bridge, climb up to the top, and it's just like crazy track, like <laughs> 65 mile per hour cars. I'm like, and it, it, it wasn't deathly hot that day. No, it was not. But nice. it was sweaty hot. Uh, yeah, it was actually when we went out, it was pretty nice because it was still like overcast. But anyways, so, so then we just sat down on this bridge and we're like, we have to figure out where we are. I was like, the only way, it's like bad for Under Armour. The only way is through. <laughs> so, so we had to go back the way we came then. Through the Japanese. Again. Oh, and then even further and just like, just tearing my legs apart. I had got a tick bite on me. Hey, Meg, how good am I in these situations? You would have been, you would have called an Uber like <laughs> miles ago <laughs> i did ask you if you wanted to come too i know and i you know and, and i do that one of these days i do want to do an adventure run with robbie uh i i really feel like the biggest one i feel like i missed out on but i think it was good for robbie to do on his own with taylor was that the steps oh that was cool yeah the incline in manitou springs yeah but you being out not knowing like where you're going no. you would have yeah that was like a real well. like that wasn't a, we wouldn't have gotten lost on that but yeah some of these, I, I know I'm probably going to get lost a little bit, but it's like you have your phone, you're in a city, yeah. like whatever. I mean, it is cool seeing all the nature like that's really like in Baltimore. We saw a lot of like, you know, blue herons, egrets, turtle, you know, cool stuff. It is surprising how many wild birds we have because of the bay. Yeah, the bay and then just like if they're flying south and this there's the cities they can't land anywhere. It's like Patterson Park or like these natural areas or landing spots for them. Um, but anyways, so we made it, we finally did make it through all that crap and found the path again. It took us, I think we we're four and a half hours on our feet. Um, it's a long day. See, and here's the thing. And Ben is super fast. Like Ben is, is, I, I think that guy could potentially, you know, he could, he's one of those guys that could be top 10 at, 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 at B city marathon. Yeah. He's like a two forty five probably marathon. Yeah. yeah. And you know, for him to be on his feet that long, like he's not used to that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I apologize like a hundred times when we were stuck in that garbage. <laughs> but garbage now you guys are bonded weeds. for life. Yeah. We are really our blood brothers, literally. Um, <laughs> but if we finally made it and it was, it was, it was nice. I mean, I was, this is the first run over 17 miles that I've done in like two years. Wow. So that was kind of And you're years? okay. What yeah. about none of the other grits you did long runs? 17 was the longest run I did in great last year. Oh, wow. Yeah. That that was surprising. I would have lost money on that bet. 
Yeah. So now, because I was just doing lots of doubles and triples. Yeah. So now I'm like, my legs are pretty thrashed at like mile 19. Because um, we climbed out of Patapsco, which is just Dude, straight I don't up. care. Four, four and a half hours on your feet is. Yeah, you're going to be tired after hurt. that. Yeah. But luckily, no injuries. Now, if Robbie gets irritable or, you know, unlike himself, we're going to know he's got Lyme disease now from his tick. But- yeah. Well, I asked my friend because I did kind of get a red bump. And I asked my doctor friend. He was like, you're, fi- you're fine unless, like, you can't get Lyme unless it was there for like a while. Oh, really? I always thought it was like, boom. It's like no, I think it's the ones that are, you don't see, mm-hmm. and that's why. I did get that last year. I think doing one of those crazy trails. You got Lyme disease. Yeah, doesn't that never go away? No, if you catch it like early on and you take the antibiotics for it, like it'll. What, you're what fine. did you take for it again? The antibiotics. Antibiotics. Did, did I say like a Pennsylvania thing? <laughs> antibiotics. <laughs> antibiotics. <laughs> antibiotics. <laughs> it's too long of a word. I can't spend that energy. Yeah. Um, but Cut yeah. out a syllable. But it went. I did have like the bullseye thing, but it went away. Oof, and I think I'm fine. Keeping us on our toes over here. Yeah. yeah. And we also, this was a big week for uh, our our little man, Jonas. Oh, yeah. My son turned three this week. So, and he's about one of the cutest little creatures on the planet. Definitely. So, yeah. I like to. Agree Happy birthday, that. Jonas. Yeah. If you're listening, you. he's, he's definitely listening. listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, this will be here forever. So you can cut back to this episode. There you go. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> um, he'll, he'll be ashamed of me. Anyways, let's uh let's keep rolling. Yeah, there's nothing nothing for me to really okay, talk about. I, like, I, I just do, doing regular miles. I went for a nice run with Megan on Monday. Uh, uh, did I take Sunday off? Yeah. Okay, I took Sunday off. I almost did the entire month of July straight through. I took one day off, so I only ran for thirty days out of the thirty-one in July. Guess um, you're a failure. I know. <laughs> and then. Uh, but yeah, I did a nice little run with Megan on Monday, and that was fun. And then yeah, we've been enjoying the temps. Yesterday mm-hmm. we didn't even mean to run together, and we both went out different times, different routes. And you know, I pretty much stick to the waterfront. But I was like, you know, I, I'm going to need to start doing some hills because we're going to Falmouth and like next weekend. Yeah, not this weekend, but next weekend. And so I'm running down Patterson Park, and I'm you know how it is. You can't like Jimmy. It's just past and. Megan and I we came together at like a fork, like perfectly, like wow. same pace, same. It was weird. Yeah. And then you ran, finished together? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of like when I passed Megan on a bike last week and ignored her and just kept going. Just flew by <laughs> me. It said nothing. I didn't know it was you. Robbie's on a mission. Did you hear me honk at you yesterday? You whipped oh. your head around when you were going. Was that you? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm always scared someone's going to like jokingly say something like hey like yell at me and then i'm gonna flip out on them and it'll be like (laughs) it'll be ben yeah like someone that's like really nice to me yeah just like my kid's teacher or something yeah there you go um anyways (laughs) let's let's keep moving on let's let's talk about some olympic stuff all right so first check in uh one of the things you're going to learn if you listen to this entire podcast is that being or placing yourself in a victim posture just doesn't work. So when you're out there running, if something doesn't go your way, maybe flip that switch and try to figure out how it can become a positive versus a negative. Performances worth watching if you haven't, if you didn't watch them live. Is anything that Safan Hassan is running? She's like, a freak. she's just amazing. Yeah. 
She is my favorite. So explain why, because I'll explain why. Yeah. Um, so she is not a front runner. She sits. She waits. She's a hunter. Mm. You see her coming around the track, and she's almost all the way in the back. Obviously, she fell down, and she was able to recover and win that race. But every race, like Megan's like, look how far back she is. I'm like, that person does not like running in the front. She's going to wait, and she knows she can outkick everybody for the last 100, 200 meters. And every time, it's like the most fun thing to watch. Is she makes watch it look it so easy. Rip through the crowd. Yeah. And like the that's got to be an amazing feeling, right? Like you're <laughs> that you badass that. that you can just casually. Well, also think about the fear it puts in your competitors because they've seen you do this now, yeah. And they're like, I don't care how big my lead is, so they go and overspend their their energy, and then she still just takes them over. I mean, it's kind of like how Tiger Woods would always just wait till the last day and just <laughs> annihilate everybody. Everyone. Like you just knew that, like people would just crumble just knowing that he was like two strokes off the lead. Yeah. And it, it, she's, it, it was great. She had the orange bib on, so she was easy to identify. It was different than everybody else. And you see her come through and mm. just slice and dice and her stride. Uh, speaking of, and well, then Thing Mo, who won the 800 meters for the women's. Um, by the way, I feel like I don't even care about the men's races, but I feel like the women's races right? are awesome. They're so much more entertaining. I go back to the fact that the women do a better job of kind of being out there and letting you know who they are. So you feel invested in. Yeah. And there's like more personality. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. True. There's more, there's story behind it. Whereas you get to the guys and like today, the guys are running the 200 and I'm like, I don't really know any of these guys. And maybe it's cause we don't follow track the way that yeah. the insidious mag for or, sure. Or some other yeah, people do probably, but you know, it's just like, okay. Um, yeah, but I think Mo coming just like out of the gate blazing. And then you had uh, Raven Rogers. And came out from the back in the last few seconds. That like, was amazing. She wasn't even on the screen. Right. <laughs> I didn't even know she was. She made third until like after when they were announcing. Because I was like, oh, she's all the way back there. Right. This morning, we're recording this on Wednesday. Um, the 1500 semifinals happened. And Thomas's favorite, Corey McGee, got tripped up and fell. TBD if she will be in the finals because she was tripped up by someone else. That was right before the Steeple 3000 final and Emma Coburn also fell and then was disqualified, didn't even technically have a finishing time. And I'm wondering, you know, those two trained together on Team Boss. Mm -hmm. I think there's any psychological You mean like stuff? a psychic connection, not psychological. That's no, but like you see your, you see your teammate fall in a race and then you go out to do your finals no one got tripped just saying i still think i'd like to explore the psychic connection yeah. idea i see a psychic connection not a psychological like there's there's brain waves going yeah. back and forth well there's nobody in that stadium so that means more room for brain waves to trans trans and you guys shaped, are the worst it's shaped like a dish so it could oh, actually yeah, it's bouncing around in there. yeah it'd be like a radar cup <laughs> like I'm just saying. They, giving it power. But the most exciting events are still to come. We have the 10,000 meter final for the women. I think that's Friday. Mm -hmm. And then the marathon that's for sad. the men is Friday and the women is Saturday. Okay. I mean, I did want to talk about my boy Craig Engels. Should have been here. My Corey. Should have been here. My Corey McGee is Robbie's Craig Engels. Yeah. I mean, the the used why, to do be I, no why do I always forget his name? Yara Nagusi was the third place finisher in the Olympic trials. I think he pulled out with an injury to his hamstring 
And so he's not competing in so the Olympics. Why isn't Craig there? I don't like probably just I don't know. He's too busy like I too busy doing Artican ads. My theory is he could time travel in that RV he has, just a little wave of the mullet, touch of the mustache, boom, he's in Japan. Wait, was he like in Japan and got injured? I think so. Oh, but so I don't even like... think he competed in the semis. I don't. Yeah, he it, he like he was over there. Okay. I don't think uh, that might be the problem is getting other people over to Japan. Yeah, because right then he has to like. Do I the thought testing. he was injured and didn't no, even no, no, no. go. Yeah, okay. he got injured over there. I guess. Got it. Do you know what event that I watched this morning? I don't think it's part of track and field, but is fantastic and fun to watch. What speed climbing? Oh man, I wanted to see that. It's the first year that it's there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. Because it's, it's basically like running up the wall. It, that's what it looks like. I think there should be a recap of all the new sports. Like there should just be like, here's what the new sports were and here's what happened. I mean, we all know skateboarding's there, but like three on three basketball we talked about, that's insane. Yeah. Speed climbing. There's got to be other ones that I have no idea that exist. I'm telling you that the speed climbing, go watch it. Yeah, it's I mean, fun. I love a spider monkey. So like, it's I, I'm just, into it. it's just so fast. Yeah, uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I guess that's the only thing I hate about like when they'd show the recaps in the evening or whatever. It's it's only the main yeah. sports. Like you never get to see the the, the crazy ones. Things. Yeah, I, I watched a little badminton the other day. That's crazy. Those dudes, that's that's really insane. Like because they swing so hard, and that I guess the feathers. I don't even know. It's it. called the shuttlecock. Yeah, the shuttlecock. I knew you wanted to say that. Um, it looks like it should be going 300 miles per hour, but it slows down because of the feathers or whatever. Yeah. And they can like, like they're full extensions. Oh, it was just insane. Is it one-on-one? -on -one? Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. And it, it, it was insane. Well, we probably should wrap oh, this yeah. up. All right. So it's pretty exciting, Robbie. We have on somebody who has done something better and faster than anyone else. Who is it? We have Timothy Olson on the show today, Adidas athlete and trail runner who just recently completed the fastest known time, aka FKT, of the Pacific Crest Trail. Yeah, I actually wanted you to say it. He did the FKT of the PCT. FKT of the PCT and the LBC. Yeah, if you're down with me. Anyway, do you realize how far that is? That's like starting in Mexico, mm -hmm. running all the way to Canada. Yeah, we talked about it a it's couple like, episodes oh yeah, ago. It's like 2,000 <laughs> miles. Yeah, over 2,000 miles. He did average about 52 miles a day and 7,000 feet of vert, which is bonkers. Yeah. And he took the FKT by 16 hours. All right, so let's get into this interview. I'm totally stoked to talk to him. Robbie, you're probably over the moon. Yeah, I'm really excited. So today we're talking to Timothy Olson, Adidas athlete who just finished the FKT. That's the fastest known time of the PCT. That's the Pacific Crest Trail. And lots of abbreviations. I know. I, I like it when you just go FKT, PCT. <laughs> FKT of the PCT. And uh, he finished it in 51 days, 16 hours and 55 minutes. Which if which, you don't know what he was doing, it, that seems like a lot of days. Yeah, it is. Uh, so basically he averaged over 51 miles per day and uh, more than 8,000 feet of vertical gain per day. So mm. if you don't know, Pacific Crest Trail goes from the U.S.-Mexico border the whole way to Canada. Uh, I know it's 
basically one of those trails that's on the dream list for a lot of people. Um, so Timothy, was it before you did this, was it on the dream list for you? Yeah, most definitely. I, um, I moved to Ashland, Oregon and from Wisconsin, um, in 2008, but kind of got into ultra running trail running in 2009. And, um, kind of from the, the trails right there in Ashland, Oregon. Um, and the first 50-kilometer uh, race I ever ran was called the Siskiyou Outback, which is um, starts on Mount Ashland, um, right above the, the city there. And um, the trail um, is on the Pacific Crest Trail. Oh, cool. And, um, yeah, and eventually I bought a home in Ashland, Oregon, and our home there had a trail like 10 feet from the door, and that trail led to the Pacific Crest Trail. And so the Pacific Crest Trail is something that's been on my mind and my heart for um, since I got into trail running and since I started um, ultra distance racing and running. And so it was something that I always talked about and, and thought about and had some wiser um, uh, ultra runners tell me that I might want to, you know, do some of the still extremely long but shorter, shorter distance racing for a while and then if you feel like doing a big long trail like that do that a little bit maybe later in your life because uh, it might slow you down some and uh, <laughs> so I, 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 I took that advice for what it's worth and like uh, realized that I enjoyed you know the 100 mile and and, and other distances yeah those short um, 100 the, milers <laughs> yeah those, those short 100 milers <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> I was going to ask you it's funny because you mentioned that you had parts of the trail uh, you know, in Ashland, on uh, Mount Ashland, is that and near your house? Was there any other ultras that you've run that have been that have incorporated the PCT? Uh, I was, was actually really cool while I did it to like realize that I was there's um in kind of in Central Oregon um by this lake called Waldo Lake, and there was a race called Waldo. You know, where's Waldo? And <laughs> um, so it's a hundred hundred kilometer race that I've I've run a few times. I've I've won it, um, and it's um, really cool race. And I go and it parts of it are on the Pacific Crest Trail, um, right before Maiden Peak. Maiden Peak is kind of this turnaround on it, which is this really beautiful peak that looks off to towards like the Three Sister uh, Mountains there in Oregon. Absolutely beautiful, stunning place. Um, but it was kind of like. I didn't exactly know when I would be on that trail. And all of a sudden I'm running this trail, um, during the PCT and realizing that I've raced on this trail before. Um, so there's a few races like that. Uh, the Waldo race, uh, um, a race called white river in Washington was a race that I've done too. And even Western States, uh, oh. the, um, you know, kind of the, the super bowl of hundred mile races. That um, you won in the US. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that I, yeah. That, that I, I won that one too. And, um, that race, like it crosses the, the Western States of course. Oh, so like cool. the, the, yeah. So there was like a, a handful of moments like that. And then there's other races in Southern California, um, like Leona divide, which, um, I've actually helped, uh, mark the course and, and help with that race. And, um, I ran on those trails as well. Nice. So that's interesting because you, it, I guess you've had that in your mind for a while to possibly do that. Now, originally when you thought about it, was it more of a through hike idea or like even when you first started running, did you have it in your head that someday I want to do run this whole trail? Yeah, it's a, that's a good question. I feel like I always wanted to kind of 
you know, run, run it in my way. Even like how I did this PCT, it's like, um, you know, it was an extremely like fast if you're thinking of like road running or even trail running of like, you know, my, my fastest miles were 10 minute miles. <laughs> so it's not like I was, um, you know, like sprinting through this whole thing and, and I was hiking lots of it. And I kind of always knew that'd be part of it. Anytime, um, anybody who's run a 50 mile race, especially like in the mountains knows that like, you know, we call it running, but <laughs> you know, there's definitely walking involved, um, hiking and, um, and so I knew I wanted to do it faster than, you know, than just like four or five months or something like that, where some people, you know, just hike it kind of leisurely and, and, you know, take a couple rest days and go explore some other peaks and stuff. Like there's many ways you can do the Pacific Crest Trail and, um, even just going out for a day hike on it. And, um, I, I knew that I always wanted to do it in like probably a faster than most type of aspect. Yeah. And I was going to say I knew like I always, a, a 10 minute pace is blazing fast for, <laughs> for that distance. Like, like that's insanely fast. I know it's not your, you know, typical, you know, pace that you're running for say, you know, Western States or something like that, but uh, average yeah. 10 minute pace for that long is is insanity yeah it, it was it was definitely crazy and uh um yeah it just um i don't know it was, it was cool that i was able to do it fast but that i was still hiking a lot of it and it was still a lot of like you know four miles or less per hour and um and there was times where i was going faster and whatnot but like um yeah it wasn't exa- it wasn't as fast as i run ultras and I was able to like, you know, take in and appreciate, you know, the, the natural world around me. And, um, that was definitely a part of it too. I think a lot of people think I'm going for the fastest known time that I'm, I'm not appreciating nature. I'm not taking it in. And, um, definitely the goal of doing the PCT was, was to do the whole thing. And even when I first, like on your question before, when I first got thought about the PCT, it wasn't like, how fast can I do this? I'm going to just run it as hard as I can and, and not, take in the journey. And the, the point for me was to, you know, to really take it all in, take in this experience and, and feel, feel it all and, and connect with nature in a really deep way. And the way that I moved through it, I think did that extremely well. I'm really content with, um, just my, my whole experience. And it was, it was extremely hard. Um, I, I heard a lot, but I also had a lot of really you know, beautiful moments that I got to share with my family and, and just be out on the trail, waking up in the middle of the forest. And all of a sudden you're hiking through, you know, this mountainous area that you'll probably never see again. Um, unless I do the Pacific Coast Trail again, like it's just, <laughs> uh, it, it's like, you know, I, some of those sections out there, I'll never see this again. And, and you really wow. had to yeah. Take, yeah, take that in that like, this is, this is a once in a lifetime experience. And so I was pushing myself and I feel like pushing myself through that actually like heightened of the whole experience for me. Yeah. You know, one of the things you said in there was that, uh, you were able to, you know, experience it the way that you love to experience it. And I, I think, and I've, we've heard that before when Scott Jurek did the AT, uh, originally and some of the other, uh, some of the other, you know, FKT attempts, people were like, oh, you shouldn't be running the trail. You shouldn't be doing it this fast. This is a thing you're supposed to take in. And it's like, well, 
this is he's out there for 50 days yeah like, <laughs> i'm like, taking it in and so yeah. uh I, it's always an interesting you know thing that people say about that yeah i yeah, mean i you know everyone has their own opinion about about this and it'll continue like it i was doing an interview earlier today we were talking about like some of the fiery routes and and just you know mm-hmm. do you feel like this was you know the the most uh, clean way that you could do it. And like, I, yeah, I followed all, all the, you know, the, there were some trails that were closed and that was because the, the PCT closed them for, from fires and there's reasons that they're closed. And I was trying to be really respectful of the different associations that protect and maintain and, and, you know, take care of these trails, but also just, you know, the environment. And I wanted to be, I wanted to have a, a good impact on the environment and to be uplifting that that people are are stoked to go check out the Pacific Crest Trail and you know get out and explore uh, the natural world around them. Um, I mean, you know that, that's that's what I want to encourage. That's kind of a crazy thing. Like environmentally, it's not like you're going through there with a motorcycle or you know a jet yeah. plane. <laughs> you're on foot. You know, it's like you know it's it, it's how how uh, precious can we get? down to the the little knit uh, and gritty of, of just, you know, like you said, everybody has an opinion on the trail. But yeah. it was interesting. You brought up Scott Jurek, Robbie. And uh, when I read that book, uh, for when he wrote that one, that people were coming out of the woodwork to kind of like join him on the trail to run a couple miles yeah. for him. Did you have a lot of people that were just, hey, hoping to get a couple miles in with you and, and run some of the trail with you? I definitely had a you know a handful of people. Um, I mean, yeah, a decent amount of people that wanted to run with me and enjoy me. We're in a little bit different era than when like when Scott ran it with uh, COVID yeah. and just like a lot of things were kind of closed down and we were trying to be you know just respectful of our little you know our team's bubble that we had and that we were being healthy and taking care of it. And then as we went through other communities and passing other through hikers that we weren't. Um, you know, just, we were, we were trying to be really mindful of the situation and, and not, um, yeah, we weren't trying to have big groups there. And so that was one of the reasons where, like, I kept my, um, my pin, um, kind of hidden and not hidden. It was just like, it was, we had, we had, um, people were able to track me on outside online, but they weren't at the to access my exact point Gosh, where they yes. were. And with, with Scott, Scott Jurek let his open and um, I'm friends with Scott Jurek and got to talk to him about that. And um, especially his wife, one of the biggest problems on the trail was having so many random people come yeah. there, waking them up in, in the middle of the night, just, just bothering them. And so we really didn't want to be bothered by a bunch of people. And so I kept my tracker, um, you know, kind of close, more closer to me. I had like the people... I had other friends and other people that were coming to help me that had access to that and, and people, friends all over the world that we gave access to it. But I just didn't want a bunch of random Probably. people yeah. coming and hiking with me and running with me. And, and that still happened. We still had random people and, and you know, people at a trailhead that, that knew me and wanted to, to run a little bit. And, um, I, you know, appreciated all the people cheering and following for me, but, like I kind of said, I was trying to be as respectful and mindful of the different communities you're we going through and all the people that we were passing there. So we were trying to be, uh, keep the crowds as minimal as possible. Didn't Ethan Newberry like randomly run into you 
Or did I see that somewhere? I think he posted it. Ethan posted it. <laughs> yeah, he, he knew that he was like, I was close around that time. And um, yeah, he was just out for a run and ran into me. He knew that it was going to be around that day, um, but he didn't exactly know what time it was. So he was out there and yeah, I got to run with him. So, I mean, I had a, a lot of people um, that were just re- like randomly on runs and all of a sudden realizing that, <laughs> that it was me and they're like, oh, it's so awesome. And so they would, you know, talk to me for a little bit or join for a mile or two. And, yeah, I think it was um, pretty yeah. obvious that it was you coming. <laughs> yeah. I've seen yeah. the photos. <laughs> it's totally. the forest camp. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. I tried to go as, as early as possible. Like I figured if I was going to be, you know, this mountain man running through the whole West coast <laughs> that I should, I should look the part. So did, I, I let the beard go, the hair go. And it was just like, yeah. Did you, uh, did, I was we can't lot, see you right man. now. Did you, did you trip yeah. up afterwards or are we still going burly? No, I'm still burly. I nice. haven't. Yeah. I'm still in the recovery process that, there has not been much maintenance done on the cosmetic part of me. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm still just trying to move around. I, I'm this afternoon. I'm finally going to go get some body work for the first time since, uh, that. And I've been just too beat up to even get body work until like today. So I'm, um, yeah, that was, I mean, a, a big process for this that I, I didn't entirely prepare for because, you know, it's just like so many days and, and I have a, a pregnant wife who is, you know, excited for this to be done that I can actually take care of her now and you know, we can get towards the, the, the nesting part of, yeah. um, of being eight months pregnant and, you know, having a baby joining us really soon. So I've been trying to just recover, get my body in order so I can, uh, um, start changing take care of my wife. Yeah. yeah, start changing diapers. So <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's, it's wild. I didn't expect it to be this like extreme. I I couldn't walk for for days, and just like it hurt like a lot. My just legs were like spasming just because I like. I mean, after I thought about it for a while, I'm like, duh. Of course, like I was running 50 miles a day, hard as I could all day long, getting a couple hours of sleep, and then redoing it again and doing that over and over again. I was, you know, my legs were just totally done by the end and i it you know it's a good feeling as being um you know in, in athletics my whole life you want to push yourself to like the yeah, edge right. where yeah, the, yeah. Like, yeah you couldn't give any more and i feel a thousand percent satisfied that like i gave every last drop of everything that was in me and that like i got to the end and i was completely toast i was I was done, and um, and then I somehow had to still run the thirty miles back to our. <laughs> that was the crazy part. <laughs> yeah, that's now that, I actually yeah, think that, this was all great training to become a dad. Like you're gonna have no sleep. You're well, you, be, you um, have you have other kids. You have other kids, right? Yeah, I have two other. Okay. Yeah, so you know, but you yeah, know. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so, like, if this if the attempt would have been say a hundred miles longer, do you think? He would have run a hundred miles more. You think he could have done it? <laughs> that's a, that's a really good question. Um, yes, I, I do. I just even like how I my my the last like eight miles of the, the trail of the PCT, I you know I thought I might have to crawl crawl it in. My my calf muscle was was just hurting so much. It was like just so strained and so um, 
yeah, couldn't, couldn't function that I was just kind of like, you know, dragging this leg <laughs> with me. And there's just so many, uh, down trees and, uh. and stuff along the way. So it's just a really hard finish. And so I stopped with like seven miles to go and just like, I didn't know how I was going to get to the end. And then like, just the realization that like, that like, yeah, I've made it this far. And if I have to crawl, whatever, like I will make it there. I like, I knew I was going to make it. I didn't know how long it would take me. And I kept this kind of like the, the model for the last like week was, you know, I'm not going to do this as fast as I want to. I'm not going to be as pretty as I want to, but I'm going to get there. And yeah. like, I, I knew I just needed to keep moving until I got there. And, and then like, you know, arriving to the finish is such a relief in itself. And my calf was still bothering me all that night. The next morning I worked on it the next morning for probably like a half an hour of just like working on all the, the muscles leading down to that, the lower calf muscle and then working on that. And somehow, um, it was able to like release enough that morning that I was able to hike, hike slash run the last that's awesome. 30 miles back, back. That's such but a like I, that, the night, <laughs> yeah, the night before I didn't know how I was going to do it. So it was just, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a wild finish to it. And I feel like I could have kept going if needed to be, but I am so grateful that it was done. <laughs> I feel and like it's like I, any distance. Yeah. Like you have to, if you know that you have to make it to a certain point, mm -hmm. then you're like, I yeah. never could run that far. But if you're like, set your mind to it, you get there. But my, I have a question for you. So you had to obviously go into this with some planning. You planned your nutrition, you planned, you know, your gear, you, everything went into it. Was there something that happened during the run that you didn't plan for that you would like give advice to somebody else trying to do a feat like this? No, because I think the thing that I planned for the most was that the plan would change. <laughs> I, um, like I, I knew that going into this, I've run enough ultras. I just knew what I was taking on that, like all the planning, seeing, you know, the different routes, realizing that this is not, you know, like when people talk about California and it's nice soft single track and stuff like that, maybe there was a couple miles of that. And in the beginning there was some nice, smooth, more, you know, soft dirt, but it was, I think what surprised me is how mountainous the terrain was mm. and how challenging a lot of the parts were because there's, you know, people do trail work and cut some trees on the first mile or two from a trailhead. And then from those couple miles on a trailhead out into the wilderness, like it, it's much different. And it's, um, and that was, challenging of like you know someone tells you you have 50 miles and yesterday's 50 miles was a little flatter and rolling and i you know i clicked off the, the 50 miles in like 14 hours and it was a it was a good day that was like a um yeah and in, in the beginning there were some days like that where i would do 55 miles i actually had a little time at night to like get a you know do some body work and get food and then get to sleep but then as we get as it keeps going, your body gets more tired and the train got harder and harder that, you know, it was more mountainous. It was more rocky. There was more down trees and it just, it slows you down, um, that much more that it adds to the day. And all of a sudden, you know, you're doing a 17 hour day. There just isn't a lot of time for anything else. I, like even just the beginning, I remember like 
you know, doing some updates on Instagram and, uh, just even like just talking to my family, like just, you know, sitting down and relaxing for a minute. And after a week into it, you just realized there was no, there was no pausing. There was, it was just full on from yeah. when you woke up to when you went to bed. And I mean, just even sleeping, like I maybe got four to five hours of sleep a night, but like I woke up every hour, either I woke up that I had to go to the bathroom. I had just severe pain that I'd wake up in, like mm. just a spasm or just pain or, or I was like, hungry or, you know, just all these different things that arise. So I woke up like every hour still and, um, and you, I got some sleep, but it was just like, just realizing that this was not a vacation. This was business yeah. and this was like full yeah. off from, from morning to night and all like, all day long and for every day it's just like you know you do a day and you're just like it can't get any harder or like you know when is this going to ease up and it, it it didn't it didn't ease up it didn't like people kept asking me if you know you got used to it a little bit or the mileage and there was some days like i do a 50 mile day and like that was yeah no problem like i i can do that again but it, they didn't make me do that again we went to 60 miles the next day or all of a sudden the train was like turned and there was you know 10 to 12,000 feet of climbing and, and, uh, and descent. And it just, uh, um, yeah, it never got easier. It just kept was getting harder and it kept like, it just kept compounding. And it was, yeah, it sounds like com- it compound just, interest, but in the worst way possible. <laughs> yeah. In the worst, yeah, totally. And then just accepting that every day, it's just like wake up and like the most pain and just like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like everything's telling you to stop. Like, no, your body you should not do this again. This is not healthy. This is not good. Was and there, you just have to like will your. Yeah, was there any point where you're like, "What the f am I doing?" Like, I'm. <laughs> or no, I don't want to know if like, there was any point. At it's what point? When? Yeah. When? Because that... obviously your body's in extreme pain, but also there's this element where your wife's, you know, 35 or 40 weeks pregnant. I'm not sure where she was at at that point. Uh you know, you have your two kids who like they're on, they're long for the trip, but you're not really spending time with them for a month and a half. And then on top of that, you're just in pain and you have so much ahead of you. Robbie's what, going in depth. I'm like, Hey, the first day th- that you're just, this I'm is tired, what I, what no, this doing? is what I would be thinking. <laughs> what, where, like, what point was that for you? I, I mean, <laughs> day two, <laughs> was like, <laughs> See, that's like, what I'm day talking one about. Was, yeah, day one was magical. Like, you know, we started it and my you know, family was there at the beginning. We were able to kind of just like, you know, just give thanks to the earth and and ask for permission to like go on this huge journey. And and it was it was beautiful. I like um started off and the you know, the miles felt easy and you know you see your first rattlesnake and you jump over it and it's like okay like we're doing this and you know i get 20 miles in and i get to like see my family um 20 miles in and my my boys run with me for like a mile and um i was like i was 100 percent satisfied with the the journey from day one where it's like i already got to spend some time with my kids i ran with them on the trail they were like super excited with the animals they saw and you know, I did 50, 55 miles or something like that. I'm like, this is a good day. And then, you know, you get to, to day two and you wake up and you're sore and just like, <laughs> it, it's on. Like, you know, it's, you do a 50, if, if you've ever done a race, 
and you wake up the next morning and you're just so sore and you're just like, Oh, I'm really glad I don't have to race or run today. I can take a day <laughs> off. And there was, there was no day days off. And, uh, yeah, I, it was a very surreal like experience of just like, I, I can't believe I'm in this. I can't believe my legs are doing this. Um, I, I was just in awe the whole time that of, of everything of just like how, Although, you know, we did all of the logistic work beforehand and we spent days, so many, so many hours. Um, I don't even know how many hours went into like trying to figure out all the logistics of where they could meet me and blah, blah, blah. But each day that gets turned around where, you know, this road closed, you know, this, this road that used to have access is now private land and has a big gate across it. And um, there's just so many factors like that, that led to it being a really challenging experience and you had to really embrace that, that this is going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be crazy and you need to keep adapting. And, um, I think that was like, you know, that was fun in moments. It's really hard to keep doing that, but like to see my family continuing to adapt and like, uh, like just really love the trail. Like my kids were learning along the trail and, and telling me things about the trail, the different places they were going through, the different mm-hmm. animals that were there and to see their experience excitement with it um you know definitely gave me motivation to keep going on and um and there was just lots of moments like that where um you know you you don't you don't think you have any more strength than you know a friend i had some friends send me messages of like them playing a song or just leaving me a message which is like this is incredible what you're doing and, and we're cheering for you and and it just you know lift up my spirits and like i knew i could keep going on and um I don't, there was just so many different highlights moments. I don't, I don't even know how to, um, you know, share all of them. I'm, I'm definitely planning to be writing a book and oh, awesome. sharing, yes. yeah, sharing my, sharing my life experience and, and this experience kind of together. I'm just like, I've, um, I've had a lot of rising and falling <laughs> in my life of, of, of just, you know, hitting, hitting the bottom, but, you know, picking yourself back up and, and trying to figure it out and, and trying to do it best. And, um, yeah, yeah, I'm really grateful for those, those moments in my life that have taught me to to keep, keep, keep going, even when things get hard and to, to push yourself into, you know, to get up when you fall down and fail. And, you know, there was days out there that I, I felt like I was failing and I was, I wasn't going to, you know, I wasn't going to finish this. I wasn't going to be able to complete it. And, you just, you had to remain patient. Like this, you know, that feeling would go away. Um, that's why I practice meditation a lot and why I use meditation a lot on this, on this, um, journey, uh, was because I knew that things were going to get crazy and my mind was going to, you know, start telling me all kinds of weird stories and, and my body is going to want me to quit, but I needed to like persevere through those, you know, those hard moments. All right, second check-in. We're talking about reversing the script on your mind and how your thoughts work against you or for you. So if you're right now thinking, hey, this is hard, this is tough, it's hot out, whatever the thing is that makes you want to quit or slow down or whatever you feel like is against you, if you can't figure out a way to reframe that or look for something that's positive in your run right now, give that a shot. So if it's picking your head up and stop looking at your feet and looking towards the horizon, if it's just ignoring the fact that maybe your shirt is chafing you, 
just maybe take that shirt off or figure out a way to turn something that's negative in your mind into a positive. You, you talk about ups and downs in your life and kind of being able to overcome those. What do you think it is about you that is resilient enough that when you get knocked down, you're able to take that step forward? What, do you, what What's inside of you that makes you in, keep going instead of quitting? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm, I'm really curious about where life experience can take you. And, um, I think I've just embraced that. That doesn't mean it's always going to be a good, a good ride. And it's just like, <clears throat> yeah, it's nice to go down like a nice, you know, water slide and it's fun and you go wee and it's you know beautiful. But, um, those really hard moments, those, those things that I didn't expect, not that I want a water slide with like bikes in it and you know all, all the the craziness of what life can throw at you but like i i've had a lot of um challenging moments in life and instead of letting those bring me down and like wanting to like be scared and hide i i think that curious nature comes out and i'm like yeah this is this is crazy this might hurt this might you know whatever but where is this experience going to take me and what what will it change in me? And I think that's something that I've had um, from the beginning of my life that I've just been very curious and wanting to experience things for myself. I'm one of those people, um, which I'm sorry to my, my parents, but like, I don't take a lot of advice and like, I mean, I, I, I heed people's advice and like, okay, that's, you know, that's smart. I won't do that. And uh, okay. I saw that person do that. That's, that wasn't wise. I should do something different, but I also like want to experience it all. So I'm like, my mom always told me I was a person that, you know, like there was a line and I'd like to put my, my toe over it. And, um, I, I think putting my toe over the line, um, has allowed me to have to really experience life for all, all it has to offer. And not that it's been, sweet and nice all the time. I've done a lot of stupid things and I've made mistakes and, and there's things that I wouldn't do again. Um, but that I went, I still went for it and still tried things and, um, it didn't always work out, but I think I was curious to see what happens after that. Um, of just even doing this PCT thing and I didn't completely think it through, but the recovery process and, um, that I'm learning a lot from that and a lot of things I would do different. And I, I mean, I guess I knew that going in that there isn't a lot of people that have done what I've, there's no one that has done what I've done. And I am, um, I'm having to learn through my experience of, of how to heal and how to grow from this. And I think I've done that, um, my whole life. Um, let's try this out and see where it takes you. And, um, I guess where that's helped me in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you go. Uh, I guess what, cause you said, you talked about like, what can I learn from this or how can this, you know, change my life? What do you know how, what that was for the FKT attempt yet? Or do you need, you know, have you had time to reflect on that and see what that is? Yeah. 
I think I'll like, I'll continuously be integrating like this process. I don't think it's just like it's done and all of a sudden, you know, I, and it's not as simple as like, I learned to be a better person or something like that. It's just, um, uh, I think nature allows you to really go deep, deep within your soul. And I've always used the trail as I always, you know, like trail running, I've always kind of considered it, you know, some good nature therapy of going out and like, it just even is something as simple as just like you've had, you know, an argument at, with your, with your partner or an argument at work or something like that. And then you, you get outside and you go for a run and you start breathing and all of a sudden you realize, you know, that, that argument or whatever, that drama wasn't as big of a deal as you made it into. And you kind of like change perspective and you kind of work through it. And, and you can do that in little bits of like, you know, you, you go for a bike ride or you go for a hike you know, for a mile or something after a hard day work. And, and that's beautiful. And I'm just kind of taking that to a different level of, of really taking it just a little bit further and really exploring um, the depth of myself. And, and I used to, when I do ultras, and do longer distance races. I was always just so grateful. Like I'd go in this race and like I'd come out just with like some, I'd come out a better person. Like I would like, okay, I, I, you know, just have these realizations. Like, you know, I, I like ones like I shouldn't drink as much or, um, you know, eating this isn't really healthy for me and I, it makes me feel bad or, you know, going and staying out too late, uh, doesn't work into my life. And, you kind of realize things like that. And in this experience, it was, it was really, um, I mean, I've definitely changed from it, but it was also learning to love and, and appreciate the, the ugly parts of myself, the, the, the parts that you don't want to share with other people because you're, you're, have a little anxiety to that of, of sharing your full authentic self. And, you know, like I'm, you just, you have these like little quirks and stuff like that. And, and I felt like going on this trail, I was able to just really like dive deeper into myself and, and, and to love the, the ugly parts of myself, to love the parts that when I'm super tired and sleep deprived and I'm a little cranky and, and I snap at, you know, my crew a little bit or, um, I'm on the trail and I'm like in the most beautiful place in the whole world. And I'm sitting there yelling at the rocks because <laughs> they're running into my, my feet and like not in the right place. And, you know, yelling at the trees that are all down. And so it's just like, you know, you see yourself in these ugly forms of, of <laughs> just reaching your, your limit. And, and I think it's for me, it, during those times, it's really cool to just notice what goes on and observe yourself. And it was just something like I was having the hardest time with the trail, you know, just mad at after, you know, after day 20 or 30 or whatnot. And like, you can't pick up your feet anymore and you're kicking every rock possible. And, you know, you go through a burn section and it just seems like, how can there be 200 trees down in, you know, in your mind? You're like, there's thousands of trees down in it. I, you know, there were times where I'm just like sitting there yelling at the trail. And then like, it, it occurred to me that like the trail 
was not against me, was not trying to make this harder. The trail was just being itself, being a trail, like a tree fell down over the trail and it was decomposing and enough trail, like another through hikers and stuff have used this trail that it made another little trail over this, you know, over this dead tree and around this other dead tree to continue the trail. And instead of getting so frustrated about all these things that were falling into my life that seemed so, so hard, I could appreciate them and just appreciate the trail for it being the trail and appreciate the rocks and sticks and, and things that were there that, you know, before were getting in my way, I just realized them as these, these obstacles that I can, can learn and grow from. And so it's just a lot of, perspective changing yeah and that i think that i learned a lot on this was like wow this isn't what i planned or this isn't you know it's not going as planned like duh <laughs> right <laughs> of, course of course it's not like you yeah like you haven't slept normal for this many days and you're sleeping in the middle of the woods and you're you know you've ate how many you know waffle like little honey singer waffles <laughs> and it's, you, you know you kept them in business it, for another year <laughs> It most definitely did. You, you learn to embrace it all. You learn to like take this and like take it in instead of like being the victim and like, oh, this is all against me. How can this? How can this change me? Change me for the the better. And I think that was the perspective that I had to keep coming back to, of yeah. like, how can I? How can I learn and grow from this this well, um, experience? I feel like that's um, actually. I was listening to the. Courtney DeWalter was on the Ritual podcast this past week, and she was talking about the pain cave, you know, which she's talked about a lot, or you've heard all other ultra runners talk about. And, you know, she was saying she learned, she instead of denying the pain, she came to accept it and not only accept it, but cherish it and look for ways to kind of break off loose rocks within the cave and keep expanding it and it's i thought that was an interesting way to put it and it kind of is the same thing you're talking about where instead of getting mad that you're in pain or that these things are in your way or obstacles are in your way just embracing them for what they are and integrating them into your into your efforts yeah and and not hating them so much it's just like i mean you can you can you can be the victim of everything and just like turn it into everything is against you or you can turn it into like, this is all, it's all helping you. And you don't, like, you don't realize it at the first, like there was moments where I didn't go as far as I wanted to on a certain day. And then the next day it like, it lined me up to go farther, like a little farther than I was planning to, mm. but like to arrive at the RV. So it's like, if I did this all of a sudden I got, you know, I got to sleep in the RV and I got some warm food. I can just eat whatever's in my pack. So like, um, it just realize that life gives you what, what you need. And yeah. it's not always what you ask for, what you want, but like it gives you what you need. And if you can, yeah, if you can take that and say, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I want to pause um, you there for just that, one second, because that's like one of the biggest things that I recognize in people and the people I'm attracted to are the people that don't see themselves as a victim. When I hear somebody say, well, mm-hmm. this happened and that's why I, I, it really, it's, it's hard to absorb that energy. But when you see people say, Hey, this happened, here's how I figured out to get around that, or this happened and it set me on this course. Like, I think that that's a huge thing that people don't really talk about. And it is interesting because you mentioned that you meditate and it's like watching your thoughts 
and it's reframing things. So I don't want that to slide by our listeners to not see the importance of having the right mindset and how you frame things really is going to determine how you see success. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's how I completed this thing. It, it wasn't sitting there like, you know, being the victim all the time. I've, I've had moments in my life and I've had things where I've turned myself in the victim and like, why is, you know, why is the world against me? Why is this all against me? And then that, that reframe framing that, that, changing the situation around of not everyone's against you, the world's not against you. And what can I, can I do right now in this to, to better my situation? And if not, if I can't do anything, how can I accept this and, and then learn and grow from the situation? Yeah. Um, so we want to come back to one thing real quick about your, basically nutrition and fueling throughout the race uh, or the FKT. Attack. Yeah. It wasn't just honey stinger waffles, right? <laughs> yeah, I hope not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we ate one at the end, uh, like, like within the last five miles. And we were like, I was like, this is the last, the last <laughs> one I'm ever going to eat <laughs> for, for a very long time. Um, yeah. The, my, my, so you want to know kind of nutrition type of stuff, right? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Like what what yeah. you're eating. What was your what was turned out to be something you craved, and what was you know obviously the honey stingers got a little old, but yeah, just like uh, run us through. Yeah, so I you know I I don't exactly know, but like looking at my watch, I I went through either you know five to eight thousand plus calories a day. So I was burning a lot of calories a day, and. I, you know, I kind of knew from the beginning there was no way I was going to replenish all those calories every day. So you, I was just trying to, you know, do is dense calories and, you know, whole foods when possible. And so I, you know, I'd start the morning with, um, with like a smoothie, normally like a protein drink with like a green smoothie. So th- throwing some greens in there. Um, I normally take when I could, I, you know, I have some algae pills with me. So I'd take a little bit of algae. Um, of just getting some greens and just some, you know, just, um, some good minerals and stuff in here right away to start the day. And, um, I would have use electrolyte drinks and again, it's like electrolyte drinks aren't my favorite thing. Um, I'd rather have just water, but, um, needed to really take care of myself. So I'd start, I was using like scratch. Um, I was using their matcha drink cause I, I don't do a lot of caffeine and the matcha was working really good for giving me good, clean energy where I didn't, it didn't upset my stomach too much. Um, and, but I, and I was also having energy, um, to keep going and on um, such a little sleep I needed caffeine. So yeah. I would use, use matcha a lot and, uh, yeah, I use like the matcha drink mix and then I would normally have like, uh, like an egg wrap or something, you know, like, um, like if, if someone is up early, yeah, we'd make them the day before or the night before. Sometimes my wife would make them like that morning. And so I would, you know, eat some eggs that morning before running out the door or a bowl of cereal or something. And then I would, um, yeah, I'd get going. I'd normally bring a wrap with me. So I'd have like an egg wrap with me, um, later in the day if I'd see my crew or even sometimes if I, you know, I'd, I'd start with a few wraps in my pack and I'd have like a turkey turkey, avocado, sometimes bacon, um, put in there. So that was, um, that was a mainstay. And like, yeah, it's funny that I've like, I'm depleted enough that it it still sounds good to me. I'd still have a turkey wrap, (laughs) uh, but like those last days I was pretty over turkey wrap, but you know, we kind of, we try to make wraps that would, you know, help me out. If, 
if I did like through the night where I slept, you know, in the woods and I got back to the RV later the next day, sometimes they'd make me like a breakfast. So I'd have some like pancakes and bacon and eggs and, and stuff like that. And those, that would be awesome. Cause I'd, you know, I'd all of a sudden get, you know, a bunch of calories in me right yeah. there. And that was helpful. But then a lot of times it was just, you know, like I packed some things, so I'd have some wraps. I would have, um, some shoes. I, I didn't really enjoy a lot of like shoes, but it was like an ultra where I would, you know, I'd have honey stinger waffles with me and some shoes and, um, it's something that I, I don't eat like at all. I don't eat candy bars. I, uh, I don't eat a lot of sugar oh, wow. first, but like, yeah, alone. And so with this, I like really had to embrace sugar and, and, uh, treats. And, uh, so like <laughs> my kids were like, my kids were, their minds were blown. It's not like we have like, you know, Snickers bars just sitting around right. for them. And, and like Snickers bars turned into like, I, like the almond Snickers bars was like a daily thing. Yeah. Like I, that was something that I, I don't know when I'll have another one, but I, I had one almost every day. I bet and, your kids were um, sneaking those left and right. Was that, was that like a treat where you uh, like, I can't wait to get to this place where I get my Snickers? There was, I mean, there was moments. It, it turned into there's. I didn't really like food at all. Yeah. I, my, um, a, a thing that was really interesting that I didn't, didn't know going into is my, my tongue was like blistered and just, it was, it was raw the whole time. Like it was just, cause it's, you're so acidic, like your body's acidic. You're, you're, you know, you're going through so much acidic acid. You're like, you're my mouth, like just the enzymes and stuff were just like, I think I was highly acidic. So I was trying to do things to like bring, you know, be more alkaline, bring the pH level down, especially in my mouth. But like, just not a lot you can do when you're running that much, not sleeping and eating all these random things, so much sugar, sugar that I'm not used to that. My tongue hurt the entire time. And like, there wasn't a time where like, anytime I had salt, like, you know, salt just like fired up my tongue and, um, it was like, I like those turkey sandwiches, but my tongue would hurt and, oh, and like every, everything hurt my tongue. My tongue hurt the entire time. It still is bothering me a little bit, but like it's, it's finally like healing a little bit, but that was something that like I was already nauseous most of the time, but to be nauseous and have a tongue that's all like <laughs> fried uh, oh, man. was, I, yeah. that would be one yeah. thing I didn't plan on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't get, yeah, you can't, you can't change your socks on your tongue. No, you can't. You can't do anything. I like. I. That's why I got to cereal. I like. Um, I was looking for things to cool my tongue. So at night, like, I'd have a bowl of cereal and just having the milk with like, whatever Honey Nut Cheerios or Chex or I. <laughs> towards the end, I would like stuff like my kids have never heard of. Um, um, you know all the like the sugary like fancy cereal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my favorite was Captain Crunch. I yeah. like. I don't know. I, <laughs> I haven't had like sugary cereal for I don't know twenty years or something like that. But there yeah, I am. Peanut like, butter crunch is the jam. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Yeah, so I, like I would, yeah, exactly, and that, and like it'd cool my tongue because the milk would like cool my tongue, or I used a lot of, like coconut milk or almond milk, and like it'd cool my tongue. And <laughs> and so I was just looking for things that would like would chill my tongue out a little bit. And it, yeah, that was. That was challenging. Um, but then like Snickers bars, M&Ms, like peanut M&Ms mm. were absolutely amazing because the, the peanuts didn't it didn't seem to melt in your, your bag right, as much. Right. Um, uh, mm. And just having some protein, like as much as I could get protein, I'd run with like, you know, this um, uh, company called Kalahari has this, it's, um, it's 
air dried like uh, grass fed beef, which was actually amazing. Oh, so nice. I would eat that a lot on trails. Whereas like um, it wasn't beef jerky, so it wasn't like beef jerky filled with a ton of sugar. Even right. though I, I ate some beef jerky like that too, but it was just nice to have a piece of just like some decent grass fed meat that was protein that wasn't like overly salty or or yeah, it wasn't like this crazy flavor. I did like anything. Sometimes they would accidentally give me something spicy, um, not oh, realizing or something. And like, <laughs> but spicy was not good for me at all. I did not want anything spicy. They got like curry one day, like, you know, get up, curry. Uh, oh, no. uh, they didn't know curry you know, was curry, spicy. Curry. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they, you know, they try to get it mild, but it was, you know, just like a normal yellow curry. But yeah, it, yeah. it was like, so, um, um, real yeah, quick, oh, sorry, real quick. I want to make sure we talk about what shoes Adidas. you're wearing. Yeah. So if I know, I think we have a cut off in a little bit here. So do you want to run us through what, uh, Adidas trail shoes you were running in? That'd be awesome. Yeah. So I, I definitely switched up between a few different pairs. Like, um, I mean, my main shoe that I went to was called the, they call it the two ultra parlay. So okay. it's, um, it had a little, little bit more cushioning. It was like a boost cushioning, so a nice cushion. And then, um, it didn't have a rock plate or anything. Um, but it was like high enough. I don't know what the stack height on there. I think it was like maybe 25 or something is the four foot and you know, 30 something for the, the heel. So it's a decent amount of cushioning. And, um, and then the, um, the wrap that it was like, you know, it's a recycled, um, ocean plastic upper oh, and yeah. it yeah it just expanded well for me it was like um an interest interesting where it was like a more knit upper where it's like this would be maybe more road running but it worked perfect for all the trails there and and my feet like i kept getting blisters and just hot spots of where they were rubbing and so other shoes were like a little too narrow for me with my feet like expanding so that that upper was amazing on my feet and so that's what I use for pretty much the entire thing. Even like when I went into the Sierras where I thought I was going to wear um, a little bit more technical with, with more, yeah, more burly upper and yeah. stuff like that. I, I did, didn't just because of how bad my feet were hurting from blisters and, and having that, that cushion on the bottom was good. But I, I wore that like the speed ultra, um, the a newer shoe that they have out, which is really awesome. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate their the boost midsole. I feel like it's, um, you know, it's able to take the impact of all the different rocks and terrain I was on, but also have that that boost, that like that little energy um, to keep pushing me forward. And um, that was definitely the main shoe that I wore. There was another one called um, another two two um, shoe with a, a light strike midsole that mm. I used a little bit, and that and I had like the yeah, it had the light streak light streak um um midsole and that had a the boa um oh, yeah. on it so right, i didn't right, have right. the lace up and and so i i really like that sometimes of having the boa system just because um i would have to like be emptying my shoes a lot with all the sand and different rocks and stuff that got in them yeah um, it's something that I, I yeah if i did this again i might do gators i saw more people with like gators on their shoes to like stop from the rocks and stuff okay. getting in right and that's an idea, but I just like, I don't know. I was, of course your feet are going to hurt doing that many right. miles. So yeah, my feet no had all blisters. Yeah. No matter what. So I was, you know, trying to take care of them the best I could of like, not, I, 
you know, even being like, it was so hot and I would cool myself off by putting my head in the stream, but I wouldn't put my whole body and I would try to really like diligently not get my feet wet because, um, when my feet would get even a little bit wet, it would turn to a blister really quick. And so I, I took care of my feet as best as I could, even on the trail where I was getting a hot spot, I'd maybe put a little body glide on it or sometimes I'd have like a little tape with me and I would just tape a spot. Okay. Um, like on the back of, back of my heel to prevent or if like I was getting like a little blister, I'd sometimes put some tape on the back of that and that would help. Um, but I was, um, yeah, I, that wasn't the shoe that I was planning to run the whole, whole thing in. I was going to switch my shoes a lot more and had some other prototype shoes. Was that the Speed um, Ultra or the two or the Terex 2? Yeah, well, the Speed Ultra, I mean, I used that for a handful of days too. Oh, okay. Um, I but just the, wanted, gotcha. I wanted I wanted a little bit more cushioning, cushioning and that's where I, I went up to the, the two ultra uh, yeah, parlay. We, uh, with them. We've yeah. run in the speed ultra. Actually, that's probably one of my favorite trail shoes this year. Um, and that's like a fun shoe, you know, for obviously like if you're not running 50 miles yeah, I was gonna say It doesn't have as much, cushioning. but it's uh, but it's a nice faster shoe on the trails for sure. Totally. I, I love that shoe. And I, I use that a little bit. And I mean, it's got really actually good forefoot protection mm-hmm. for how, how light it is and stuff. And that, I mean, that was definitely my main thing is just protecting the midfoot, protecting all those bones and just not being too sore for how many steps I'm taking. I don't even know what it was, but you know, whatever, 100,000 <laughs> steps a day or something like that. That However like, many to the yeah, I, back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That I, I feet, I was right, trying to take care of them and I'm really grateful for how my feet held up. Um, didn't blister too much and just, they're protected. I mean, like doing that many miles, I wasn't yeah. sure if I would you know, end up getting a stress fracture or get any like, you know, type of things. It's just a lot of time on your feet and breaking them down. And, um, and that's, I think why I went for the little extra cushion with the, the, the boost midsole, the, the, you know, the extra cushion on the two parlay there. Um, it felt really, really good. Um, and very happy with my shoes, <laughs> um, and my feet that my feet made it through all that. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, uh, any other upcoming goals or races, or are you kind of <laughs> bumping the brakes for a little bit to get <laughs> to get, yeah. get back? Thank there? God, no, I, I have no race in my future. Um, yeah, I think like over the next little bit, I look forward to just sharing sharing this adventure. And yeah. I, like I said, I'm planning to write a book. I think, um, I mean, having I had people following me <laughs> the whole time with a camera, oh, so I, I think the. the they're going to come out with a really cool documentary content and uh yeah now that it's done and you know like i had cameras in my face way too much but i look (laughs) forward to seeing the results and like i mean like basically me and my family got to go on this huge expedition this huge adventure and we get we got it like you know recorded that we get to to go back and like look on this adventure as a family and um it's just something that I'm so grateful for the opportunity and the grateful that we had the time to go and do this and, and that we, we did it. <laughs> like I, I didn't know exactly how it would all come together. And, you know, it didn't even, it, yes, there was a goal to do the FKT, but I just wanted to get to Canada and I wanted to do it as my family. And I wanted it to be a really, you know, I want to say beautiful, but like beautiful in the sense that like it takes you to hell and back and it's like it, uh, it wasn't always pretty, it, you know, not everything worked out the best and, but it, like everything did work out 
and like it worked out for a reason of how it was supposed to. And I'm just, um, just so thankful that, that my boys were safe through it, that, that I, um, you know, made it that, um, that Krista was able to, you know, work through being pregnant and, and still be able to help, help me so much. And she was, my wife was just incredible on this. And so I'm just, I'm in awe that she was able to handle just how challenging the, the journey was and to take care of herself and to take care of me and the kids. And, um, yeah, and now we get to like sit here and, and have uh, a healthy little baby girl join us in just a few weeks here. And, and, uh, I'm really, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Like this whole journey was to prepare me for having another little baby girl. Um, with, we have, a we have, a Tomorrow, my my son Tristan turns nine, oh, wow. and uh, and then, and Kai is five, and so we, um, yeah, I'm just super um, grateful for my family, and now like they work so hard to help me on this adventure that I hope to um, just spend a little extra time with them and and yeah, do do some extra things with them and just spend do some good family time yeah. stuff right now. That's that's awesome. Well, happy early birthday to you because you have one coming up in a few weeks too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My birthday is at the end of August, and then when, and then we have our little girl joining us here in a few weeks. So we're gonna we have lots of birthdays. That's August. In August. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, August is a is a good month. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's funny because you look like a Leo with that, with that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I I know. I know. My son and I think my daughter is gonna be a Leo. I I kind of claim I'm a Leo, but uh, I I feel more Leo than than Virgo. But uh, it, it all works. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Well, this was a a joy for us, and we really appreciate you coming on and talking to us and sharing your story with us. This is quite a a gift to give to your family. And like you said, if it comes out in a documentary and they'll be able to watch it for years, it's, you know, what a a treat. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. And, yeah, thanks for sharing my story. It's really fun to, to continue to kind of just let this, yeah, let this journey come out and, uh, get to share how it changed me and how it's, uh, yeah, just what, what nature can do for you. I definitely recommend getting out in nature, breathing some fresh air and, and getting some movement if you can. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks again for joining us and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Cool. Thank you. All right. Final check-in. I hope right now you are in that position where you've gone. If you were in a victim position to now being in power and being in power means that you know that you've completed the task in front of you, you've worked hard, you've gotten through your run, and now you're a champ. So take that to the bank. All right, that pretty much wraps it up. I want to thank our producer, Nick, for putting this together. He had a lot of work to do with me this week, so I appreciate it. Robbie, who are you going to thank? Oh, I did want to thank some of the people who we said we... Like, oh, yeah, I have them written who down. Who listened to the end of the show. I have them done. There was someone on Strava named Jonathan. I want to I thank got, him. No, I, got, I got them all. You, oh, I you wrote, had the Strava I wrote person? their names down, oh, yeah. Wow. Thomas um, is on this. All right. So, a, along with thanking Nick, our producer, we want to thank Wyatt Miles, who has now joined the I Listen All the Way Through uh, to the end of the podcast, along with Jonathan Burnham, who mentioned us on Strava, and Don Bodine who is actually married to Taylor Bodine. Our trail reviewer. And so uh, all three of them let us know that they listen to the very end of this podcast, along with Michael Coe and our favorite, Robin Murray. 
So, or they just like accidentally left it on and then heard that last part. But then they took the time to, <laughs> to message us. No, that was pretty good. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Anybody else you want to thank, Meg? I just said hi to your mom. That's it. You guys covered them all. Well, thanks again for tuning in. And if you are here at the end and you want us to give you a shout out, you can hit us up. Let us know. DM us on Instagram or let us know on Strava on when we post this thing. All right. Have a good week. Bye.